Hello, I'm Jacob Wilkinson, the indomitable one. I'm Drew Wade, the abominable one. And I'm Glenn Cathy, the unemployed one. (laughs) And this is our podcast. And today's episode is about the $2 bill. But boys, before we talk about that, I want to give a quick shout out to a story I heard recently. Um, I've been really into listening to short stories at work as of late. And I came across this short story recently called Finding Drago. And I just wanted to present it to you guys and our listeners as a little recce here. Um, In this series, basically, this dude was preparing for a movie podcast. And they were talking about the film Rocky IV. And he was doing Wikipedia research. And he found a Wikipedia listing in the page for the character Ivan Drago that said that there was a novel written by this Australian famous author named Todd Noy. And it said in the Wikipedia page that this book Drago on mountains, we stand was the last great masterpiece of Todd Noy, but that dude and that book like do not exist at all, but there's all of these good reads listings and when they posted the podcast where they talked about that, they got a bunch of comments on their Facebook page about Todd Noy and all of these people who were familiar with his work. (laughs) And it's just this show about these people trying to find out who this dude who wrote this even Drago fan fiction is. And I just wanted, I wanted to share that with the people a little bit. I wanted to see what, if you guys thought that sounded like something you could get into. (laughs) Honestly, I don't understand where you would have enough material to draw from about the character. Like he was like, there was famously little information. Like he did not say a lot of words. (laughs) It's true. (laughs) Yeah. There's seven pages and 63 chapters in that book. (laughs) 87 pages, 63 chapters. 63 chapters. Yeah. Interesting. Very short chapters. So this is just like a ploy that a bunch of people have just dedicated themselves to uh, keeping alive on the internet, right? That was my theory at the beginning as well. But it's it's super interesting. And like (laughs) the guys who make the show, they like are not very familiar with being like investigative journalists. At one point, one of them wears a wire to the library as like a bit and... (laughs) He's like, here's the audio from when I wore the wire. And then the producer is like, uh, yeah, actually, according to our code of ethics, we're not allowed to play like audio that you obtained without consent. <laughs> so like they got in trouble for this like meme wire <laughs> that they wore to the library. That's like that's the energy of that show. It's really, really great. It's like five hours long. <laughs> it's pretty awesome. That gives me an idea. We don't have a code of ethics, so we could record people without them knowing right we could wear a wire yeah i think so also i'm pretty sure tennessee is a single consent state so you can just record every phone call you take Hmm. for free for free we could uh we could instantiate a bit on the show where we each make one just absolutely unhinged phone call per week (laughs) and record it and play them all (laughs) that seems like something all of us could do um Absolutely. Who would I would you call, call um I would call an auto parts store first. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
Yeah. What would you call? Mm, that's tough, but I would probably go with the Chuck E. Cheese that I used to work at. Okay. Would you ask them like some very specific question that would probably make them worry about how you knew it? Yeah. And be like, hey, um, can you guys come unlock the Chuck E. Closet? I got myself stuck back here. And I'm worried the kids are gonna come in and see the costume. Mm-hmm. And you could um you could even like we could stitch that phone call recording together with a wire you're actually wearing. And you yeah. could be waiting in the Chuck E. Cheese. And it'd be like uh the phone calls were coming from inside your house the whole time kind of moment. But exactly. at Chuck E. Cheese. <laughs> my discord reset and this was absolutely unhinged to come back to but i do love this idea for a phone call i think that's a great one i all first i dude i don't know i kind of would like to try to obtain the phone number of somebody important and and bother them like, i think that would be like kind of fun or like, like a senator would be kind of fun or like maybe like a right-wing content creator with, mm. or like Charlie Kirk. Yeah. Charlie Kirk, maybe, or maybe like a, I, like a, like a musician who I, who I find to be funny, like a little pump, you know, I, I think something like that would be fun to call <laughs> if mm. I had to How do something. Steven Crowder. And you can ask him about his time on Arthur. I would love to talk to Steven Crowder about his time on Arthur. That was that's my favorite fun fact of this year so far. That made me laugh really, really hard on my couch when I found out about that one. But yeah, I used to do prank calls all the time in middle school. My friend Johnny and I would just call like anyone who put their phone number on their Facebook profile. We would just call them. <laughs> like anyone who went to our school <laughs> who put their Facebook, who put their phone number on their Facebook, we would call them. And, Is this like a normal phase for development? I don't think I've ever prank called. Mm. I. <laughs> I, I think a I lot of kids do it. Yeah, I prank called McDonald's one time in middle school mm. as um, for for a video for my friend who had a YouTube account. If you guys want to look that up at some point, look up the YouTube account Doctor DJ Power, <laughs> and uh, you'll find twelve year old Drew making a really dumb, dumb prank call to McDonald's. So that's hilarious, yeah. <laughs> man. When I was like thirteen. We filmed this skit, me and my friends Johnny and Ethan and Grant filmed this skit called Chewing Water, and it was just about like this bottled water that you could chew if you didn't mm. like drinking water. And celery. It was pretty, yeah. <laughs> and it was like a minute and a half long, and it was really ridiculous and i remember that there was a bit where johnny and ethan were in the shower like shirtless together that our friend grant's dad the preacher like made us take out of the video before we posted it but i'm pretty sure that like we posted (laughs) it with like twice as much length being dedicated to like johnny interviewing everyone who was in the video like afterwards (laughs) And I, I need it so bad. Like, like somewhere out there, like there's this bad skit that me and my friends recorded, followed up by like us being interviewed when we're 13. <laughs> and, and I remember for certain that my friend Ethan introduces himself as Dr. Coconut 3000. Cause that was his mm-hmm. Xbox tag. It so was. 
Yeah, yeah, I knew I knew Drew would know that. Yeah. So I need that play very Doritos badly. Crash Course together. <laughs> Doritos he Crash Course under that pseudonym. Yes, I remember. <laughs> it's all about the process. True. Drew can tell I, you that's for certain. As I a trust the process as always. <laughs> But this isn't a sports show, so we won't subject you to that, Glenn. Um, now, <laughs> I you. want to know. You're welcome. I want to know exactly what would you say to the auto parts store? Um, I would probably just make up like, like, oh, I checked this gasket and like chocolate milk came out. Like, <laughs> like, how do you think that would happen? You know, just <laughs> just some fluid that should never ever come into contact with any <laughs> car yeah. and just, just say it was in there yeah. and to help me. <laughs> <laughs> I think last time I went in for an oil change, they poured Mountain Dew in there. It worked for about 3,000 miles. <laughs> like, I'd have to adopt a, a horrible twangy country accent <laughs> and um, just just refuse to really take in information and just be very obstinate. Yeah, that'd be the play. I think that could be like fun. That a lot. Yeah. <laughs> they say prank calls are a dead art, but I submit that Dunky is keeping it alive and well. Once <laughs> a year, otherwise. Dunky proves that prank calls are still the funniest thing that you can do. So It's also, I don't know, I kind of feel bad just bothering someone at work, though. It's Yeah, that's fair. It has to be like... It has to be very funny to justify it, but it feels like innately part of the humor is just their frustration. Well, like I think in like 80% of them, they're like laughing along with it, but there's definitely a few where they're really upset about it. But... Yeah, but those are the funniest ones to me is my issue. <laughs> okay, that's fair. Yeah. So you're saying that this is something that you're dealing with? Yeah, it feels like an offensive art like for me personally. Yeah, it makes sense. I think um, I think that, yeah, like I said, often in his videos, at least, there's, like, people laughing along. Those are the ones that I think are really funny, especially there's this one in his video, Bigyoshi, where he's, like, chewing really loudly, and, like, this whole game stop starts laughing, like, on speakerphone. It's, it's so freaking funny, man. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. But... I will say his absolute best one ever is when he has like the Donkey Kong music playing really loudly in the background. <laughs> yeah. And that is like for sure one where they're frustrated. So <laughs> I, I'll, I will give you that. Yeah. It just, it feels like the basis of it is just making someone else angry. <laughs> That's true. Yeah. That's true. There's definitely a lot of prank call videos. <laughs> yeah. um, There's a moral dilemma there for sure. That's fair. It could be worth it for uh this is our podcast content oh yeah the greater like i said we don't have trolls have an ethical code so we can do (laughs) we can do pretty much anything we Um, should discuss an ethical code that would be so funny for our free podcast a little podunk ass podcast to release a code of ethics that we that we intend to follow from this point forward (laughs) do no evil that seems like a pretty easy one to follow I don't think even a, a big corporation could fail to keep with that one. Yeah. Don't 
Don't spread takes you're only 80% confident about. That's one that I'm really going to need to work on, I mm. think. <laughs> all my that's every single one of my takes, though. Mm-hmm. That's fair. That's called being open-minded, you know? Thanks. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm unsure, and that's a good thing. <laughs> yeah. It's hard to be sure, I think. Yeah. I was thinking the other day about this is kind of like a abstract concept, but so like in co- in competitive video games, there's this thing called like the meta game, right? Okay, you know, like this concept of like a group of unique opinions somehow equaling like a correct opinion, mm-hmm. and how like that correct opinion could maybe not be the correct opinion if it had played out differently. You know what I mean? Like, I think like, like melee is a good example. That's like a game that came out in 2001 and it's just like everything that's happened ever since then is just the product of like whoever the first best guy was and how people responded to that. But Mm -hmm. like, so I've been thinking about how this concept applies on a broader scale to just like how we as people just like with all things, just kind of have these abstract concepts like art or like the way that we think about things or like what money is or how time should be valued and stuff like that. And how we, there's just like a meta to all of those things as well. Like I, I I find that really fascinating. I don't know what else to say about that, but I've been thinking a lot recently about how group directed momentum is just a really real thing. I wonder if you guys think about that a lot. Um, It kind of like it's talked about like that in the video game sphere, but I definitely have applied it to other things because I remember I was talking to Joey Brown at that wedding that we went to. Mm -hmm. I don't even remember what it was we were talking about, but I called something like the meta talking about like the current thought about whatever we were talking about he kind of laughed and said ha because mm. you know that's something only like video game players really say but right i mean definitely is something i've thought of agreed i mean i feel like um i, I feel like that's just uh, like boiling down that idea is just the idea of like we live society. in society. <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> oh no. <laughs> but like, I find it interesting how like, if I see something on YouTube that pops off or like on Twitch, like I'll start seeing a lot of that. And I think that that's like another like pretty yeah. on the nose example I see that literally all the time on Twitter and it actually just makes me angry a lot of the time mm-hmm. because a, a lot of people will feel one way about a thing and then somebody says something pretty much totally contrary to that. And then all of a sudden that becomes like the, the public thought about it, it happens a lot on like NBA Twitter and stuff mm-hmm. like that. And it's actually kind of frustrating. Yeah. I've been seeing a lot of people talk recently about how, Robin Williams like had a terminal dementia like like diagnosis and how that's like not really discussed that often when people talk about like the last few years of his life or whatever and I think that that is 
an important thing to talk about. And I think people are arriving at the correct take, but I do find it fascinating that I see people saying that on Twitter, like all the time right now. Like I've seen like three or four different people talk about this on Twitter in like the last week or so when like for the last like five or six years, the only thing that people ever talked about was just like, Oh, if only he had said he was sad, like maybe things would have been different. Like I I just, I think it's weird how like, yeah, like you said, how just (laughs) kind of whatever take pops off, (laughs) like we'll just kind of guide my timeline for the next few days. It is really frustrating because like, like it absolutely is sort of a group think because that mm-hmm. information was present like so long ago, like specifically mm-hmm. the Robin Williams thing. I remember reading like, like an essay by his wife, like in high school mm-hmm. <laughs> about how like, his brain was deteriorating and like, like the literal, uh, like the serotonin receptors in his brain were just like dying and, yeah. and he just like could not feel joy <laughs> anymore. Yeah. And it was just horrible, and it was it was like heart wrenching um, to to really fully consider that. But like that information has been around for so long, but right. it's interesting that it just gets adopted now as like, oh, everyone learns this now. Suddenly, it's present in our social sphere. Right. Um, I, I saw kind of recently, probably about five or six months ago. I saw an interview by, uh, and this is kind of an odd switch, but by Tyler, the creator, mm-hmm. um, talking about one of the songs he released. Mm-hmm. And um, he was talking about seeing people on Twitter say like, like, oh, that song sucks. Like people don't like that song. Mm-hmm. And he brought up an interesting point that I hadn't really thought about, but definitely is something I do where like people are going to see that tweet saying the song is bad. And then forever, just internalize like oh people don't like that song right like like there are people who don't like that song so it's probably worse even though like that's really nothing information and like you haven't given it a try and um i don't know like even even knowing that and and framing it in that way like i definitely still catch myself just like oh this random user on the screen said this hmm there's probably weight to it without like any further thought and i think it's really damaging and and something a lot of people do uh, yeah subconsciously or consciously for sure yeah i think like this isn't going to come as a shock to you guys and it didn't come to a shock as a shock to quantum when i was talking to him about it the other night but i i like I obviously am someone who really likes like, you know, tier lists and ranking things and like, and takes, you know what I mean? Like forming thoughts. And I, and I think that like, it's almost like a coping mechanism for me because like all this stuff that we're talking about is just like the abstract things that we as humans have added to this world. Cause like, it was just like a planet with like us and animals and trees. And then we added all of these things that are like abstract and can never be, formed into like for like firm rules or whatever and the thing that like made quantum and i start talking about this was i was saying that i didn't think a quiet place counted as a horror film because i thought it was more of a suspense film and i was saying some of the rules of horror that i felt like that movie didn't fit and quantum was basically saying that i just was never going to get it to a point where i was going to convince him of like my definition of horror and then i just like i i just thought that that was really fascinating that like 
we can have like discussions about these things like genres, you know, that are just not real, but are real, but only exist because we talk about them. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. It's so weird. <laughs> Humanity is weird. Culture. We live in a society for, for real, for real. We live in a society. Unfortunately. <laughs> I cannot disagree. Yeah. We do live in a society. It's true. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like imagine trying to explain genre to somebody from like the year 500. Right. <laughs> like, <laughs> they just yeah. have no concept. Yeah, well, I think it depends on where. I mean, like, yeah, genre as we know it. I'm sure, like, huh? Romans and Greeks said, like, genres, you know? Imagine yeah. explaining, like, post industrial noise hip hop to someone in the. <laughs> <laughs> It's really special organization. <laughs> the sound influences. <laughs> you just speaking. things you guys you guys have learned been taught wow um, I don't know what to do with that information. Maybe Besides. that only became a thing like when it became Berenstein. What? <laughs> you know how I mean when it became Berenstein, you know how it used to be Berenstein when we <laughs> shifted? Yeah, the Incans got when... peanut butter. Big <laughs> <laughs> win for the Incans and the Big win for the Incans. <laughs> that is really interesting though. Didn't the Incans also do chocolate stuff? Yeah. They Were did. they eating Reese's? <laughs> I think so. I think like the branding is crazy. Yeah. They yeah. designed like the orange wrapper and they put their yeah. peanut butter or their peanut paste inside the the cacao plant. Mm-hmm. Reese's was born. Mm. That's funny. That is that is seriously really cool though. I think that the Incans are neat. I think a lot of ancient civilizations are are neat. Agreed. That's a that's a hot take. Yeah, hot take. I like Mesopotamia. <laughs> I'm a big Babylon to... guy. The Fertile Crescent. Okay. <laughs> now I'm starting to joke, but for real, I do. Here's a couple I like. I like the Mayans. I like the Incans. I like Greece. Rome, mm. Rome's got some good stuff. Rome's got some. Okay, I want mm. a ranking. I want <laughs> a ranking. Want? I want like Mesopotamia, so like inclusion of like Roman, like all of that area. I, I am like, so nervous about this because I feel so uninformed. But I will say that I think like if if I'm just talking about ones that I find interesting, I like I like ancient Greece a whole whole lot. I feel like I have to put Rome second just because I wasted an hour a day learning about it for four years in high school. 
Um, yeah, it was, well, it was so that I didn't have to do other classes, but, um, and then in the Incans probably after that, and then maybe the Mayans. And then I just, I guess like native American tribes in general, I was going to make it a little bit easier. I was going to say like just Mesopotamian cultures mm. versus like South oh. America, South Central American cultures. Oh, I see what you mean. Oh, like, like East versus like Southeast West. Southeast Asia. Yeah. Like, I was going to give you the three. Ah, I, see what you, I see what you mean. I see what you mean. Uh, yeah, probably like Southeast Asia and like Mesopotamia, I think are like pretty much equally interesting, honestly. And I think that like, I think that most of the West has very sad history. There's just like the Mayans and Incans that are his, that are interesting, and then a lot of, and then a lot of like sad things. <laughs> like I guess in general, when when those things came to an end, a lot of interesting culture before that, but you know, before mm-hmm. imperialism struck, but before the conquistadors. Got yeah, in. that's right. <laughs> Yeah, we kind of learned about those guys like they were cool in school, right? Yeah, yeah. Like, yeah the elementary school, they were like, and then Juan Ponce de Leon came over and he yeah. hung yeah. out with the Incans. Oh, did he hang out with the Incans? Yeah. What else did he do? <laughs> we had a day where in third grade we like made these posters of the explorers with their face cut out, and we like put our face in it and be like, "I'm Ponce de Leon," and I <laughs> <laughs> oh. like, give a little plug. Oh. <laughs> I was Leif Erikson. I, like, well, I don't really know much about Leif Erikson, but I think he's like pretty he cool. Yeah, I don't think he was partially responsible for the genocide of millions of people. So maybe I don't know. Was, Canada's got maybe. some rough history, but <laughs> let's not rule. That. Yeah, let's not rule yeah, that out. But, I don't know for sure, but but I did like being a cool Viking kid when I was a kid. That was that was pretty much what drew me to Leif Erikson. Also, I could be like, he got here before Columbus. Did you guys know that? That was my like whole thing. <laughs> yeah, and then I and then the whole Hingadinga Durgan thing after that. So, those are some good things for an True. elementary schooler to have. Yeah. <laughs> All right, what's next? Me and the homies never miss Leif Erikson Day. <laughs> when is Leif Erikson Day? That's a good question, but I, I never missed Jamie, it. can you look that up for us real quick? Jamie. <laughs> yeah, I got <laughs> I'm absolutely Jamie on this podcast, right? Yeah, for sure. Like we agree? Okay, cool. Yeah. You have the most intern energy. <laughs> yeah, I, I can do. I'm okay with it, though. Um, here's a pivot. There's two cats in my apartment now. Oh, yeah, Sunday, I was wondering night. about that. October 9th? Yeah. Leaf Very Erickson. cool. The same I'm going to mark it on my calendar. Um, this year. Nice. So, yeah, my roommate got a cat recently. Um, he is basically the... He looks exactly like Umbreon, except his hair is longer. For those of you who don't know, don't know I have a black cat named Umbreon who has some little bald spots on his face and quantum just got this cat emmy short for enrolled i'm pretty sure and that was his name before quantum got him but he looks exactly like umbreon down to the bald spots except he has like medium length hair if umbreon has like a short length so he's like a little floofier which is funny because like quantum's a little floofier than i am and also he's 
a lot more chill and Umbreon is kind of energy doming him a little bit right now, which I think is probably how I treat Quantum a little bit. So now we have these cats that just kind of reflect the two of us and that's cute. Yeah. <laughs> so um, is that like a like a permanent situation or is that still like the foster? No, it uh our friends were were being like foster quote unquote humans for this cat because basically like the shelter said that they just didn't have like he was given to the shelter as like a kitten. And then like when he was like six months old, they just like couldn't keep him anymore. So mm-hmm. like Hannah and Ethan, our, my, our friends, Hannah and Ethan took him, but just knew that they were moving to a smaller space soon. And they are now. So they just like couldn't hold on to him anymore. Um, and so they asked quantum if he wanted him and quantum said, yeah. So yeah, I think he got here on Monday and it was a little rough the first night. It's still a little rough because Umbreon is kind of aggressive, but I think Umbreon is sort of trying to like assert his authority, but he's also being sort of playful. Like it's a little bit of both. So hopefully it's going to ease up a little bit, like as he gets a little bit more used to him being around. But I think like ultimately it's probably going to fix his little self worth overvalue problem so <laughs> so is are they about the same size or is umbreon bigger no they're about the same size i'd say well i don't know if like maybe emmy is skinnier but his hair just like makes him look the same size but they look about the same size gotcha yep nice i'm, I'm glad it's at least mostly working out for now mm-hmm. me too i think it's going to be a really good thing soon so yeah i'm excited about it hell yeah hell yeah (laughs) your pets true how are the boys the boys are good very clingy um patch will like follow you from one side of the room to the other if he feels like you're gonna leave or something and also the 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 flooring in our house makes the dog's footsteps really loud Especially mm-hmm. Prometheus, the one that only has three legs. He mm-hmm. sort of hops, gallops, if you will, on <laughs> the front leg. And it's really loud every time he takes a step. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was Might pretty aggressive. A few minutes ago, galloping in. <laughs> what do they oh. call when horses do it? Canter? Yes. Canters. <laughs> how, um, how are they doing with Ezra? Yeah. Um... They usually, well, Promi, if he has access, will always try to lick him because Promi will lick anyone and everything. Mm-hmm. Um, Patch sort of doesn't care unless you hold Ezra right up to him and then he'll like sniff at him and Ezra will like touch him on the head. It's real cute. I nice. like it a lot. That is uh, really cute. Logan actually just showed me this picture she took of Patch on the floor with Ezra. I'll have her send it in the group so you guys can see. That's actually really cute. I hadn't seen that picture. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's much appreciated. Yeah. <laughs> oh. Yeah, but they're really sweet with him. That's good. Yeah. I'm happy to hear it. Have um. What? Go ahead. What? What were you gonna say, Drew? I was just saying my vicious, vicious pit bulls. Your vicious pit bulls. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah. Are they both pit bulls? I 
I know that Promi is, but I wasn't sure about Patch. Yeah, they're like part pit bull. They're well, actually, I have really no idea what Promi is since we got them basically out of the woods. But um, you can tell. <laughs> I did not know that. Speaking oh, yeah. of dogs out of the woods, to follow up on a storyline from this show, my friends are going to find out if their dog is a coyote or not next week. Oh, <laughs> oh <wow. laughs> that is a long-standing storyline on this show. I yeah, like they're getting probably the like DNA. last December when that it's opened like up. August, <laughs> I'm pretty sure is when we talked about that for the first time. But yeah, so we'll see. Yeah, that dog actually. Kind of, kind of fucked my mental a little bit. The last time I like I, <laughs> Drew, you don't know this story actually. Okay, um, so what was the occasion? Like, why were we there? Just cause for the Christmas party. Christmas party, yes. Okay, so we were there for a Christmas party, and um, I brought Lydia. Uh, so this was like her introduction to mm. Jacob and Quantum, and uh, just the chat group, right? And um, what's what's the dog's name? Twenty. Twenty. Yeah. The number. Yes. Okay. <laughs> so, so twenty absolutely hated me, like mm. in a way that I've never had a dog hate me before <laughs> in my life. And I wasn't exactly sober. And twenty kept like twenty would walk into a room of like ten people. And single me out and like bark <laughs> loudly at me. Like I would just be sitting there and Tony would like, freak out at me like multiple times. And like I would move rooms and Tony would like, like I would be in the middle of the room and Tony would like skirt along the edge of the room in fear and like be looking at me the whole time. Like I've never ever had a dog like react to me that way. <laughs> it absolutely. Like I'm not kidding. It ruined my night. I'm I could so sorry, deal. man. I could not deal. With I'm it. sorry that that happened. I feel bad. It's okay. I just I was so upset because I just could not understand why it was happening. Yeah, that's a bummer. He would probably it was just how many people. Twenty is a sweet dog, but he's wild. But I, yeah, I, it was it, it was made odder by the fact that I've met Twenty like multiple times. Right, and, and he was chill. He was fine with me. Right. It's like oh not no, what changed? He. His thing that he does to me is he licks my pants over and over. Like he just will follow me like an inch away and just lick my pants like over and over. Like no matter how hard I plead for him to stop, he just licks my pants. I don't know why. <laughs> I'll just like be licking my legs. I'm just like, get away from me, dude. I love him though. Wild little dog. Quick shout out. Shout out to our boy 20. <laughs> okay so how are they finding that information like did they take it to a vet i don't know like 23 and me situation yeah like a 20 like a 20 dog in me yeah nice. 20 who <laughs> who is quick, he quick 20 who is he <laughs> that's better <laughs> yeah. yeah i'm not sure but we'll find out quantum asked the other night because we were speculating and, and we hadn't heard an update yet but i think it's it's coming down the pipeline, so we're about yeah. to get the Mori moment. 
That's really interesting. I mean, what changes? Like, if they find out that dog is just like, I don't think, dog, like, what changes? I don't think anything, honestly. I, I think, I think it's just going to solidify everybody's favorite fun fact about Twenty, which is that he's a wild forest creature. <laughs> so, yeah, that's I mean, absolutely insane. Yeah. Hmm. She's just starting a new line of domesticated dogs. Yeah. The breed is just going to be called 20. <laughs> his name was because they were moving to Chattanooga when they found him and is at the beginning of 2020. And they were like, 2020 is going to be our year. <laughs> no. Narrator. <laughs> but I like his name. Yeah, that's a good name. You say they found him, like, in the woods? I think he, like, ran out in front of the car or something. Yeah. And they just put him in the car? Yeah. Because they, like, wanted a dog. Uh, Our friend Ben is like that. He's a little bit of a druid. He's always, like, finding skulls and stuff. And I think he was just like, let's get this dog in this car. (laughs) Like, is he, like, raiding catacombs? No, he just like he just like walk in the woods and like find cool stuff. Nice. Animal skull. It's like a bird skull. Animal skull. Okay, just <laughs> yeah. wanted to make sure. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Sorry, I felt like I should say that. Yeah. What else we got? Mm, what else we got? Bones kind of freak me out a little bit. I'll be honest. Bones. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, because like I don't know. I feel like. Uh, like, my uncle has, like, a lot of cows and stuff in, like, a pasture, right? Mm-hmm. And over time, some of them have died. So if you just walk through, sometimes there's just, like, a pile of rib bones. Yeah. I don't know. It just makes me feel weird. Mm. Like Beef ribs. Yeah, it's it's odd. Mm. Yeah. yeah I, teeth freak me out. I know that's, like, a type of yeah. bone. Teeth. That is like a bone. A, yeah. Like a bag yeah. of teeth. That's like the worst thing a person could have, I think. <laughs> so like you're not going to be one of those parents that saves your kids' teeth? No, no. On this like on this advice podcast I listened to, they like read this Yahoo Answers question that was this mom saying that she wanted to make like a necklace of her kids' oh. teeth. No, oh no! I gotta get out of this Walmart aisle right now. Are you seeing this woman's necklace? I got. I gotta go. I can't imagine just wearing teeth. Oh. It's got to be even weirder, like for the kid, though. Yeah, like yeah. your mom is just accessorizing your bones. <laughs> that is pretty weird when you put it that way. Mm. There's like a there's like a weird like white suburbia thing to like display a cast like once like the kid is done wearing it. Mm. I've always thought that that was like the worst. I'm sorry. What is this? I've like a lot of kids I knew growing up would like put up their cast like on a shelf or something after they were done. Isn't it like stinky? <laughs> Dang, that's crazy. Yeah. Like, isn't it gross? Who did yeah. that? Yeah. Uh, I've never, I don't know. I mean, I've never had a cast. I've never yeah. broken a bone. Have you all had casts? No, I've never broken a bone. I definitely didn't break my wrist when I was five and keep that cast for a long time. Are you definitely serious? Didn't happen. Oh no, we just, <laughs> well, was it stinky? Uh, no. <laughs> I, mean, I thought yeah. it was supposed to be like stinky was, as hell. There was no like 
smell emanating. Oh, I didn't it. realize I was frying you up. I'm just not putting this together. That's pretty funny. <laughs> I mean, I didn't have it on. For, I I had like two different casts, and that was the second one, I think. And I didn't have it on for that long to where it like ruined the fabric inside and smelled horrible. But honestly, it is weird thinking about it now. I'm glad you said so because I was when Glenn reacted the way he did. I was starting to worry that maybe that was like a false memory. So, oh no, definitely, <laughs> yeah. No, I for some reason I was under the impression they were like universally stinky when you took them off. I think maybe at first, but yeah, it might have, but it like dissipates. Five, so, did you get everyone to sign it? I did. Yeah. Okay. Like years later, you could not make out what it said, but you could still see the markings. <laughs> did you ever have people sign your jeans when you were in your emo era? No. Instead of no. your yearbook, I wasn't uh, emo enough outwardly <laughs> in did, my emo era. Did you ever see that one, Glenn? The the jeans on yearbook day. I did not. That was like a that was like a classic at our school. Like I feel like every year, like at Blackman Middle and Blackman High, there was like six to seven girls in my grade who like were just having everyone sign their jeans on the day that we were signing yearbooks. Yeah, I feel like there was much more of an emo scene at Blackman than there was at Rockville, where I went to middle school. That's that's a bummer because you could have really blossomed. Yeah, I could have. <laughs> Except I didn't have the right hair for it, and that always made me upset because I wanted to grow my hair out like an emo kid, mm-hmm. have it like draped over one eye, but instead it just grew into an afro. <laughs> That's <laughs> tragic. Imagine that my, tragic. my depression <laughs> that I faced. I hear that, man. <laughs> Did you ever get like a flattening iron or whatever it's called? I tried that with the same friend that I referred to earlier, who's all, mm-hmm. who also was named Drew, but. Um, it didn't work out too well. It wasn't long enough, I guess. Yeah. Bummer. Yeah. 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 When I was a kid, I always wanted to have really long hair and I have long hair now, so I might be like, I I should maybe be careful talking shit. But when I was a kid, I looked so bad with long hair. I had like braces and just like, hair it like it it was absurd man like it was like the like the me hair setting where it's like an oval that's just like a complete encompassing of hair and like i would wear sunglasses and a flash drive necklace oh my god oh my god yeah it was so ugly dude nah that's that's fashion right there that's (laughs) that's you know what? Eighth grade me appreciates that because that flash drive necklace was everything. Yeah, I rocked the flash drive necklace. A couple, I I kind of started that trend to black in middle a little bit. Okay, my my <laughs> necklace of choice in middle school. I took a shoelace and put colored tabs from energy drinks on it, and I wore that as a necklace. Yeah. And I must say. I, it was quite uh, made me quite the lady killer. I'll just say that a lot of girls mm. wanted to wear my necklace back in yeah. sixth grade. You look like that's risp. Church camp Black Panther is so stupid. It's just a little like shoelace with these monster tabs hanging off of yeah, it. 
boy was dripped out. <laughs> Holy shit. For sure. I respect that. That's a good foray into jewelry. Thank you. Yeah. I Not as bad as being that fashionable now. What? Not as bad as teeth. So you're no. good. Yeah. At least it wasn't teeth. Yeah. Again, at the risk of saying something that might apply to my current state in the future also, it is pretty wild just when I was a kid, what things I would be like, this makes me look good <laughs> or smell good. I should spray this on me mm. or like you just do the you present such an absurd version of yourself when you're a middle school boy. I feel like that's a pretty universal experience. Maybe I'm wrong, but oh, I I uh, doused myself in Axe every morning. Oh, yeah. It yeah. was like the scent. Mm-hmm. I, there was like this one scent of Axe. It was like chocolate temptation or something like that. Yeah. <laughs> that was my go-to. Yeah. That, in, like sixth and seventh grade. That was, a, that was a popular one in my youth groups. Like every everyone liked the chocolate temptation one in my youth group. I, 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 I liked the cold. Yeah. I liked that one, and I liked the Cold Steel, and I liked like Raspberry. Those were the ones that I wore. Raspberry, mm-hmm. Schnozberry. If we can harken back to your your hair uh, escapade, was that around the same time that you took uh, your DVD copy of Harry Potter and the Goblet of Fire to the barber and said, <laughs> "What? Wait, what is this?" Cut back? <laughs> Would you like to explain this? When I was in eighth grade. I took a copy of Harry Potter and the Goblet of Fire to the barber and was like, can you make me look like this? And like pointed at like Daniel Radcliffe on the cover because I just thought that that was like the coolest way your hair could look. (laughs) Say no more. (laughs) Oh my God. That's. I wonder how many people that barber told about that shit because I would go (laughs) home and like call everyone. (laughs) <laughs> that's one of the worst things i've ever done i mean have we talked about like the Pinkie pie convention has that something has that come up on this podcast oh man oh, i forgot oh, I about this stage of jacob learning so much so when i was in 10th grade i was a brony um, oh no. i didn't know about that yeah, I don't. I think like a bunch of my friends got me into it. I I don't know. I mean, I did legitimately enjoy it just because I I just like cartoons and I like stories about people who like each other. So, and also all my friends liked it. So that was just something I got super into um, for like a year or two. And Clear this up for those who don't know. That is uh, a brony is yes. a, uh, a fan of My Little Pony. Thank you. A, a male, a bro pony, if you will. Bro pony. And a lot of bronies were the worst, and it was just kind of like their whole identity. And I didn't really like the culture that much, but I liked the show a whole lot. But there was this convention that came to town, and I really wanted to go, not to like meet people, but just to spend a bunch of money because like, I wanted to, you know, deck out my room with some Pinkie Pie merch because I was. A big Pinkie Pinkie Pie guy. I don't know if Drew remembers this, but there were six to seven Pinkie Pie posters in my bedroom that I think remained up until I moved out. So there was like one of her. It's like, you remember those old like iPod silhouette ads? Yes. I had like one that was like her holding an iPod like as a silhouette and it said like iPie. I'm pretty sure that that was like a poster that was in my bedroom when I was in high school. 
that sucks. Anyway, so like, I have no shame, I suppose. But so like, this convention mm, came to town, know, and I wanted to go buy all this stuff. So I was like, well, I gotta rep my girl Pinkie Pie. So I decided I was gonna put this like tattoo, temporary tattoo of her like cutie mark on my face, and that's just like every pony just has this little butt tattoo that's just like their signature logo or whatever so i i put this like picture just like these three balloons like on my face or whatever and my dad who was allowing me to be into this at the time which is very sweet of him after i put that (laughs) tattoo on was like hey man before you go to that convention could you go to PetSmart and buy some dog food for me and i was like yeah and he made me go to PetSmart <laughs> and uh, buy some dog food with Pinkie Pie's cutie mark on my face. And I was like, you know, I get it. This isn't this isn't the best thing for me to be doing. <laughs> I think that, I think that I think so that maybe taught you shame a little bit, just a little, just a little bit. I posted a picture of me posing with some Pinkie Pie cosplayer holding a plushie like later that day. So I don't think I have, I don't think I have shame and we're talking about it now. So I guess I don't, but I I am a sum of all of my experiences that. So there you go. (laughs) This is some dumb shit I did in high school. I don't know why, but I loved Pinkie Pie, but I will say her whole character is about like, like all, every time an episode was written about her, the plot was just that like she was worried nobody liked her, so that was probably why I was into her in high school. But <laughs> well, I appreciate the honesty. And, yeah, no uh, problem. I I can truly say I enjoyed learning about the lore. Yeah, so th- of course. And if you ever scroll far enough on Instagram, you can learn even more. <laughs> I'll just I'll just say there. that you're still there. Yeah, because I I am a sum of all my experiences, Glenn. The only there is only one major like category of Instagram pictures I've ever deleted, and yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm just okay. I know it sucks. I should probably take it down, honestly, but I, I think it's pretty funny. Like every now and then, I want to show it to people, and like I just can't find it. Yeah, so. it's fair. I mean, like honestly, if if someone sees that and like actually is like a dick to you over it like that's bad energy yeah <laughs> just move on like, yeah, I'll just be like yeah, I was, I was so, 15 and my friends liked it and like so, uh, sorry <laughs> like like the only people that are ever scroll back far enough to see that anyway is somebody that already really likes you and yeah that's not gonna affect how they feel so yeah there's also a good chance they already know so yeah um, i think it's funny my parents think it's really funny too. Um, yeah, it's just you know the things the things that I would do for attention. <laughs> Anything, ponies. I'm into it. Let's do it. You're gonna be worried about that though if you ever go on hot ones because he's gonna do a deep dive in your Instagram. That's true. <laughs> That's actually so true. Wait a second. Wait, I can't get too famous. Hold on. <laughs> What is that segment called? Like picture this or something like that. Uh, like, shoot, uh, no, it was something. It's something with the word gram in it. I don't know. Explain uh, this gram or something. Explain the gram or something. Yeah, but he just be like, so here's you in the Pinkie Pie cosplayer in 2014. What's this about? 
Every time he brings up, go ahead. Oh, I was gonna, I was gonna completely transition. You go. No, I was just gonna say every time he brings up that segment on that show, he explains it like in a lot of words and says it really fast. And like, there's got to be a better way to do this, man. (laughs) Yeah, I like Hot Ones a lot, and I think Sean has created a great product. And I think that a lot of the time he's a great host, but he is like so hardcore dedicated to the format and sometimes the hosts will be like hey here's here's the bait for a fun little tangent i could go on and sean will just be like gotcha time for explain the gram here's a picture of you <laughs> like <laughs> yeah that's absolutely true but the thing is he's trying to make a standardized product yeah i get but it i respect it yeah because it really isn't about you know, it's half about the guest and half like I just want to watch them eat the wings and go through this like, yeah, like Herculean series of tasks. <laughs> right. That's fair. Yeah, they. I understand the pacing of like the wings being really important or whatever. I just I find sometimes like he's <laughs> a little bit of a topic dictator. I just don't understand why. Yeah, but honestly, that kind of adds to it for me. Like. It's fair. I, Funny when he does that shit. Yeah, I mean, it's fair. That's like his whole brand. I th- I feel like. Yeah. I think like there's a lot of interviewers who can interview in like a very specific, peculiar way that kind of makes them interesting. Yeah, like Nardwar. How do you feel exactly, about that? dude? Yeah. I love Nardwar, man. Me too. That guy's awesome, Drew. You know Nardwar. Yeah. Yeah. You, I feel you like... should explain it to the listeners. Oh yeah, what were you gonna say though? I was just gonna say, you know, you've made it as a as an artist if you've got an art war interview. Oh yeah, for sure. True. The you human serviette. <laughs> you should explain Nardwar to the listeners, Glenn. Um, it's it is this Canadian man um who has consistently been interviewing artists for how long? Like I don't know. I feel Since like it's like the nineties, I feel like. Yeah. yeah, it's it's been a very long time. Um, he actually has a TED talk out that's extremely interesting about. Um, it, it dabbles in how he sources his information, but it's it's mostly focused on like committing to his character and mm-hmm. and um, you know, just just the self confidence to try to get the interviews and just try to make it happen. Mm-hmm. Um, it's it's really interesting. He has a very interesting interview format. Uh, where he brings gifts for his guests and has access to information that, uh, quite honestly, he probably shouldn't have. Yeah, <laughs> from like their lives before they were famous, um, or just very niche pieces of information about, uh, you know, when they were like children. Right, like the the kid they played with on the street when they were a kid. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Or he'll be like, a gift for you. And then Kendrick is like, oh, this is my great uncle's favorite album. He used to play this for me when I was a little kid. Like, how'd you know that I would like <laughs> yeah. this? It's wild. Yeah. Uh, and oftentimes the artists he interviews are actually like, like uncomfortable on some level if they're mm-hmm. a little bit unconfident about sharing that part of themselves, um, just because of the depth of uh, his research and the types of things he knows. Mm-hmm. That's, I think that's half of the interview for me is just seeing how the artist will uh, react to being presented with pieces of their childhood. Yeah, for sure. 
Yeah, there's such a like great range of like ways people respond. I I really like the ones where it gets like kind of tense, but I mean, I feel like this is obviously a pretty cold take, but like the one where he the his series with Tyler, like like when when people like really enjoy the energy and can get into it, I feel like that's when he really makes some some great some great stuff. I, I love I love those interviews. Yeah, and I like that he's interviewed Tyler multiple times. Mm-hmm. I like that he's uh, latched onto him, and and they interact very well. Yeah, for sure. I feel like they kind of have like a, they're like the, uh, like the Conan O'Brien and Paul Rudd of the rap game almost. Like it's just, it's just like this running gag of these dudes being <laughs> like doing interviews together like every couple of years. <laughs> There's some more white suburbia for you. <laughs> yeah. You know we gotta love Conan. <laughs> okay, looping back to my earlier question. Um, what is y'all's digital footprint like? Like positive or negative? And also how large? Um, what do you mean by like positive? I don't know, like like are you are you comfortable with it i guess like are you like mm, i'm fine with all of that information being out there mm. like not necessarily like uh like positive as in the information is good but positive as in like it's fine yeah i don't know yeah drew you should go first if are you including all of the places i've had to put like not even not just like social media and stuff but places i've had to put information in to sign up for accounts and stuff like that um i guess yeah sure in that case i'm not real fond of that just to yeah all the places i've had to put in like my phone number or something or an email address yeah Um, but it's kind of impossible to avoid yeah right (laughs) i feel like that's why i'm sort of just numb to it yeah at this point i'm like i've already done it so many times what's the point now (laughs) they are doing it again (laughs) <laughs> yeah yeah for sure yeah i think like kind of looping back to me talking about having no shame of being an open book earlier i feel like i just have sort of accepted that i don't know i just live in an online world and a lot of information about me is there like whether i've put it there or not and it just doesn't really matter whether i put it there or not because it exists because that's just how it is now but i unplugged the Alexa that was in our house. So I feel like that's a step in the right direction, probably. Nice. Mm, Big. Yeah, I think so. I was mostly just using it as like a digital photo frame, basically, because it would just like flip through photos. But I got this Polaroid printer like from my parents recently, and I've been printing some pictures out with it. So I'm just like hanging up pictures with that now. So like now there's not really a reason to just have this like Amazon ad reel with a camera like running in my house at all times. <laughs> Probably wise. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I'm really interested to see like in the next, uh, I guess 15 to like mm, 20 years where people who grew up in the information age start trying to get elected to uh, offices I'm really interested to see how that changes that whole process. Yeah. Like, here's this thing you said when you were 17. How do you oh, feel yeah. about that? <laughs> like, I don't know. TikTok. Yeah. Here's you throwing ass <laughs> when you were a child. <laughs> like, and now you want to be 
Um, President. <laughs> like, what's happening? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, that is for sure interesting. I think often about, like, and this is maybe also kind of a cold take because people are always talking about, like, oh, yeah, this will be in history books or whatever. But I really do wonder how often, like, tweets and things will be in history books because it's just, like, so like so much happens now online <laughs> like a lot of like i think not to like be a pretty popular dead horse but like a lot of the trump presidency was like extremely online and like culminated in him being banned and i feel like that's something that people will for sure talk about and i'm curious like how you frame things like that because the historical documents i looked at were letters and things so <laughs> Yeah, well, it's it's not only that; it's also just like the sheer amount. <laughs> like, I mean, even if you're trying to like like prove something happened in like 1950, and like that's why it happened, like there's still discourse over it. Like people disagree. Yeah. Can you imagine in like 50 years trying to prove why something happened in 2010? Yeah, like there's just there's yeah. Too much. There's just too many different points and pieces of information. Yeah, like it feels like uh, it feels like the historical, I guess, analysis will just become more and more complex, like overly complex at this point. Yeah, we we like already document every day, like as much as we documented like the first half of last century. <laughs> like, yeah. it's 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 insane. Yeah, I, I was watching um, this last summer. I was watching this documentary series about this very notorious internet figure named Chris Chan, who posts a lot of things about themselves on the internet to the point that there was sixty-nine hour-long episodes of this documentary, and I think they made it to two thousand seventeen. And like the story is going to end like sometimes around two thousand twenty-one, and mm. it. Chris Chan is just kind of like a, a a mentally unstable person whose life was very heavily affected by the internet and is probably like just the most documented person of all time. Like they would just post so like hours of video content about that. Like we just know like what they did for full days in like 2008. Like it's, it's absurd. And like, I was watching this documentary series last summer just because I wanted something to do. And after like 20 hours of just finding out like how much there was documented about just this person <laughs> who just has like all of these struggles, I just like couldn't handle it anymore. <laughs> like it just, it's just too real. It's like, it's so scary. And like, I wonder, like I was terminally online on Facebook when I was a kid, I wasn't like posting hours and hours of content and stuff like that. But like, Think about like if a person wanted to make like a timeline of your life. Like if they tried really hard, I, don't know, I like honestly, like I feel like they could do a pretty good job for me at least. I don't know if like Glenn just recently got on Twitter and Instagram, so maybe you're a little safer. But no, I mean I was on Facebook when I was a kid. Like when yeah, I was yeah. like <laughs> that's weird to think about, but like I'm I'm sure those posts and that content are, are still available. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I get little things from Facebook all the time, like, "Oh, here's this thing you posted 12 years ago." Yeah, cringe about it now. <laughs> like, yeah, 
would love for everyone to just know about it. <laughs> yeah. But I mean, in 20 years, like, like we'll all be in our forties and that's like mm, when people thanks. are like in their political careers, you know, but like, yeah. those are the people that are going to be under scrutiny. I don't know. It's, it's really interesting. I'm, I'm wondering how it's going to shape our world. Cause that's like, I think that's another thing where it's like, that's an abstract concept that, you know, you can think about, but it's not something you can actually truly conceptualize and feel and understand how it will shift our reality. Just like mm-hmm. in like the eighties where it was like the beginning of the internet, like it fundamentally shifted just our society. And I feel like the digital footprint of everyone our age will fundamentally shift just our I guess government, like the the lens in which we view it. Oh yeah, for people who make it up. Yeah, I don't know if we've talked on the show about just like the lid being off or whatever, but I have been having discussions recently with friends a lot about how like during the pandemic, I feel like the quote unquote like powers that be or whatever, like the government, like like with like the U.S. government shortcomings in response to the pandemic and like businesses shortcomings in response to the pandemic and all those things like there has just been so like it's just unreal how much everybody understands about the about the situation just like how like public information is about like these things just not happening and and it's just like it, it like is seemingly not affecting things in any meaningful way, but like, I find it really interesting how the internet has just connected like every like person on the, like a Twitter, just, I can just see like what random people from Europe think of people. I, I know are talking about it. Like mm-hmm. I find it, if you want to talk about the meta or whatever, like there, I think there are some upsides to that, but there's not necessarily been any meaningful positive effects so far that I can point to. And I mean, that's another kind of a counterpoint to what I said um, is, is really rooted in in what you just said. I I would think is that like the amount of information and the freedom of it is so available yet. There's just no agreement about the veracity of that information. And so like, would it really make a difference? You know? Like, like, even if, like, every politician or whatever has, like, a deep digital footprint and you can see, like, what they were thinking when they were 12, like, would anyone really care? Because we know, like, exactly what, like, current politicians are doing and have done that are bad. And it seems yeah. to almost not affect anything. Yeah, I mean, for sure. I mean, I think, like, I don't know. I think at one point we lived in a country that, like, there was like I'm pretty sure a dude who was running for president who like squealed or something and like he just like fell out of the race because he squealed. And people <laughs> thought that he like wasn't manly. I can't remember his name, but that happened in like 2000. Yeah, that's and a, then that's like important. and then like and by 2016 we were having like a Trump Clinton election. So I think like we're not necessarily a country that actually really cares about the outward appearance of our leaders that much anymore. Unfortunately. Um, or maybe that could be a good thing, I guess, but it hasn't been yet. So, yeah, I don't know. It's it's all whack, dude. Mm-hmm. 
Good summation. In conclusion. In conclusion, we live in a society. Agreed. I cannot disagree. <laughs> Do you guys ever see that Peter Griffin meme on Twitter of him like smoking the cigar and he was like, "This is." This is what society is like, and yet we live in one or something like that. That's my, I'm gonna, I'm gonna get that tattooed on my heart. That's <laughs> that's how I feel every day. We live in mm. a society for real. I would truly be terrified of a man with a Peter Griffin like meme tattooed on his chest. You're like, you're just there's something with you, huh? <laughs> <laughs> something silly. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not sure like their personality would like I'm either going to really like them or hate them like yeah. I feel like this really <laughs> Drew did you ever have a family guy phase uh, phase I, I don't know <laughs> not really <laughs> how many episodes of family guy would you how many hours of your human life I mean, would you I've estimate I've watched a, a good guy? amount of family guy I would say but I wouldn't say I had a phase of family guy yeah, I don't think we. <laughs> yeah, I don't. I, I don't. Sorry, go ahead. Oh, I was just gonna say, I absolutely had a phase of Family Guy, which is really? kind of weird to think about looking back. Yeah, I was in like eighth grade, and I had my iPod Touch, and I scored my sister's Netflix password, and uh-huh. I would I would watch Family Guy for like three hours a night after I was supposed to go to bed, and that's probably part of what's wrong with me at this point. But I <laughs> watched. Right. I watched all of Family Guy that was on Netflix. Like That's mini- so funny. Yeah, it was an odd time. I would go to sleep at like two to three in the morning after watching several hours of Family Guy. And then <laughs> that was that was day. me playing league in high school. I would just like stay up until two or three and then get sleep in class. But um, yeah, I think by the time I had access to Family Guy, I just didn't find it funny. But this is equally cringy, arguably worse. I was like, honestly, American Dad is for people with real senses of humor, and I had an American <laughs> Dad face instead. So, yeah, I did the same thing with American Dad. I've watched all. <laughs> <laughs> I think sometimes American Dad is really good. I think sometimes it's a Seth MacFarlane show, in in the worst way. Yeah, agreed. Like, there's a. I don't know. It's. It's probably like thirty five percent of the time I'm like, this is actually hilarious, and the rest I'm just like, this isn't like, what are you guys doing? I don't yeah. know. This isn't for I mean, me. I feel like you can say the same thing about Family Guy. There's legitimately some funny things in the show, but just not, you know, most of the time. I think that like the the American Dad funny things are based a little bit more in like reality almost like i don't really like like random cutaways which are like even if it's funny that's still like just the basis of the humor in family guy and mm-hmm. i think that that is i hate it, <laughs> it i hate it, it it's the worst <laughs> yeah I, I think american dad is a lot more rooted in like uh like actual character mm-hmm. like interaction <laughs> Rather than just like, what if what if this random scene happened now? Wouldn't that be hilarious? Right. Yeah, like Family Guy will just be like, this is like that time when the Muppets did this thing, and then and then it's just showing you the Muppets like walking in the woods, and it's like, what the hell is happening? <laughs> Where did Lois go? Yeah. <laughs> 
And then like some violins play and then it cuts back to the dog and he's like, I have to have sex with a human woman. <laughs> yeah, you nailed the show. <laughs> definitely got some questionable aspects. We can yeah. agree. I We're think it, the hill though. That's that's the top show. That's Americana for real for real. That's actually one of my favorite shows. Absolutely yeah. TV show. Yeah, it's great. I didn't really discover it until recently. Um, Cause again, I just didn't really have access to that type of stuff until I was like 16 or 17, but it like people are always comparing it to like anime on Twitter, which I think is really funny because I actually do think that that's probably like the closest thing to anime that we have in America. Just like, it's just, it captures small town American life. So brilliantly without having like anything important to say, which is like something that is nice to have in just like a comedy series or whatever. Like the plots are always like absurd, but it's just so, it's just so funny. (laughs) It's just so funny. Yeah. It's, it, it really feels close to like how I was legitimately raised Mm -hmm. and it doesn't take a hard enough stance on like any particular thing to be like polarizing. Like, yeah, it's exactly. Just, like a painting, like, like I can watch that show with my mom. It's <laughs> like, that's a very difficult niche. To <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. I think, uh, I, I like how it just gives you like a backdrop. You're from like a town that you are familiar with and then like things that did never happen in that town happen so that you don't have to like confront real world too much while you're watching a haha funny cartoon. I think it's, I think it's great. I love that show, man. Yeah. And I basically only checked it out because of you. So there you go. Big ups. Big ups. I didn't see very much of it, but it was on at my in-laws house recently. I was like, this is actually really funny. I should probably watch this more at some point. Yeah. I knew Glenn loves it, so yeah. Speaking of old school cartoons, I I love The Simpsons so much, man. I, like I've been going back and watching the first like few seasons again. Like whenever I'm in bed, mm-hmm. if I have nothing else to do, I'll just like put on some episodes. Like I'm just slowly creeping through like the third season right now. I just it's so great, man. It like it right now as well. I'm on the second season. I saw this tweet recently that like really, really reminded me of my first watch through, and it was just kind of like I'm watching The Simpsons right now for the first time, and I feel like I understand 30 percent more of Twitter than I used to, and that was like something that like did, I did feel like so many like people who are 30 or older and are funny like. It have drawn so much from the first 11 seasons of that show it's it's unreal like it's like learning in like it's like learning a comedy language watching the beginning of the Simpsons. it's it's so great i love that show what platform is it on disney plus, disney plus. Uh, yeah uh-oh sad sad I can float you the password, Disney. bro. Glenn canceled his Disney Plus when they fired that Star Wars lady for not <laughs> wanting to get the vaccine. Yeah, what's her name? Kara something? Her character's name was Kara Dune, but I don't know where the, the lady's name is. I keep getting the movie that Ben Shapiro is producing for her advertised to me on YouTube. Nice. We need to watch it. That's my hot take. We I do to want to watch it. Quantum and I want to watch it. Okay, we can't support it though. We have to steal it. We have yeah. to thieve it. Yeah, we'll yeah, steal put it. Put locker for sure. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's a put yeah, locker would, viewing. 
Yeah, I, I would absolutely watch it, though. Yeah. I like that. Yeah, definitely. I think uh, it's going to be something. It, like, it's, it starts with like a title slam that's like, Daily Wire presents. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I was just so excited. Oh, it's going to be great. She is not a great actress, so I'm pretty excited to see. My dad, like, when that first happened, we were talking about it, and he was like, I don't know, like, maybe there's something to be said about cancel culture, but I don't even really care to have the discussion because I just didn't think she was that great. (laughs) And that's basically how I think most Star Wars fans felt about it, so. Yeah. Yeah, I know someone who legitimately canceled their Disney Plus for that reason. That's awesome. Same Same person I told you about on the last episode that overheard me watching a portion of a Joe Rogan video and was like, Oh, what episode is that? Nice. Um, so it was like, uh, all these pieces I'm learning about you are adding painting a picture. Painting a picture. Yeah. yeah. Uh Oh, like a, a very intelligent person in the, in the Petersonian sense, of course. Yeah. Oh, I hate that word. Dude. I hate it. So <laughs> dude, that, that speed running tweet is one of my favorite things that Twitter has ever produced. I like, I really hope I never find out that dude is trolling. Cause it's, it's so great. Do you, are you familiar with the speed running tweet, Drew? What tweet is that? This guy is talking about how he's like curious how liberals are attracted to speed running because they like cutting out hard work and getting like an easy solution. And, and in a Petersonian sense, they're trying to create an alternative sexual archetype called fastest Mario and like the sexual, like marketplace. <laughs> yeah. It's like, it's like do it fast rather than get it right. <laughs> yeah. Hmm. So, yeah. One of my favorite like video game takes Twitter users like quoted it and he was like, Everyone knows that speedrunning is associated with not doing a lot of hard work. <laughs> Which yeah, is like, right. <laughs> yeah, it's pretty funny. I mean, I hate the word Petersonian. I can't even remember where I was you stunlocked me so hard with that. I hate it. I love it. I like using that word. <laughs> I also like the man. He is something. I cleaned my room recently, so I'm in the Petersonian since I'm kind of living my life. (laughs) He was announced as uh, one of the speakers at the Bitcoin conference this year. (laughs) That's awesome. Like the main one. (laughs) That's awesome. It's really interesting because, like, what does he have to do with Bitcoin? Like, is it just to appeal to, like, weird alt-right people who like Bitcoin? <laughs> yeah, probably. I love that. <laughs> That's awesome. Man, I hope Andrew Callahan goes to the Bitcoin convention. That would absolutely make my year, I think. Drew, do you know Channel 5 on YouTube? I do not. Oh, my gosh. You got to check this guy out. This dude just goes to, like, I don't know, places where weird people gather and just like interviews them and he just gets very like honest reflections of people i feel like he just kind of captures the american spirit for better or for worse at these just strange cultural events like he made some videos recently about um the complex con which is like hosted by complex magazine and he did one at like the talladega race um and he goes to like QAnon conventions and 
yeah, music festivals, all sorts of stuff. It's pretty great. He is, he's like maybe the best interviewer on planet earth. <laughs> like he is so, yeah. he's so great. I'll have to look him up. Yeah. Yeah. Check it's, it out. Yeah. It's, it's really good too, because usually he doesn't do like, he doesn't add much of a slant to it. He, he genuinely asks like probing questions and the most he'll ever do. That's kind of politically slanted is like, at the QAnon conference, like when someone would just say some whack off the wall shit, he would just do like face zooms on them. <laughs> like, yeah. Look at how insane <laughs> this person is and what yeah. they're saying. But that's yeah. like the most political slant he'll do. So mm-hmm. it's not like the actual, you know, verbal content of it. At the yeah. most, it's like video manipulation after the fact. And it's, yeah. it's really interesting getting a pretty neutral viewpoint into just like, grimy american subculture (laughs) yeah there's one that he goes to like this fish concert and he's in the parking lot where there's all these like vendors and all these people are just like inhaling like uh like uh what is it called (laughs) yeah inhaling nitrous balloons like they're like filling these balloons with nitrous and like hitting them yeah yeah just getting absolutely ripped on nitrous in a parking lot and I don't know. Like for some reason, that's really interesting to me. Like watching yeah. what kind of people do that and how they do it. it I don't know. It's it's really interesting. People will also tell him like the most crazy things about themselves. Like they'll just be so honest with him. Like which is something that I always really liked about Nathan from Nathan for You, which is why I guess they both have been sponsored by Tim and Eric. But um, like he just does such a great job getting people to just talk about themselves on the complex con video. There's like this one dude who says something about like, Oh yeah, I don't believe in flat earth, but we do have a hollow earth and there's an octopus inside of the earth that controls everything that happens. And he's like, how did you find out about the octopus? And he was like, so I was doing acid and I was like, you know what? There is an octopus. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. But it just it speaks to like his ability as an interviewer to not be phased by that at all and just yeah, ask like yeah. a genuine fair follow up question. Just, yeah, like, hey, how like, did you find out about the octopus? Yeah. yeah, like I don't know, that's just how he approaches every person, and I think that's the disarming part. Is he just feels like an honest, like neutral arbiter? Yeah, <laughs> I don't know. It's really yeah. curious. He he's he's great, man. And this product that he created, he had an original channel called All Gas No Breaks that was like stolen from him by like this YouTube conglomerate, basically. Like they just offered to sponsor him, and then they were like, "Yeah, this is our show." And uh, but luckily, Tim and Eric sponsored him up, helped him start Channel Five, and I think he's doing pretty much better than ever. So yeah, that's like my favorite channel on YouTube right now since. Nakey Jakey is not a frequent poster, so huge shout-outs, Channel 5 with Andrew Callahan. Everyone should go check that out, for sure. Not that I'm going to boost him at all, because he's super trendy, and our podcast has six listeners, but... <laughs> we do every bit. Yeah, that's true. Sure. There you go. Every bit helps. <laughs> true. Um, well, we've been going for a while. Is there anything else that you guys were hoping to address? Any... Loose ends. Mm. I don't think so. Just had a good time catching up with my boys. Yeah, me too. This was really fun. We definitely, I like 
at least by halfway through the year need to be on that twice a month energy because I just really enjoyed doing this. And this is just a good chance for us to catch up. I think uh, I, I think one of us said this offline at one point, but I just really like archiving hours of us hanging out like in our youth. I think it's pretty cool that we do this and and I hope people yeah. enjoy listening to it. I'm really yeah. excited to go back and like 15 years and listen to some of these. Yeah. Get a nice little break from the metaverse. Remember when we mm-hmm. weren't wearing headsets all the time. Yeah. Escape from the matrix. It won't be a thing either. And we can just look back and be like, Oh, remember when we were all going through it? <laughs> <laughs> Let's hear what that sounded like. <laughs> yeah. This, this like science podcast I listen to every episode when they talk about COVID, they're like, if you happen to be binging this in the future and you don't know, COVID was this pandemic that we had from 2020 to currently it's 2022. And I'm like, Oh my God, everyone will know. I promise everyone will know. <laughs> It's really funny. Um, the pandi- we didn't really talk about it on this episode that much, though, so I feel like that's a little bit of a dub for me because that's usually my go-to T-Hop topic. So. Yeah, well, it's over now, so we're good. So we're good. So I hope everyone um, enjoyed the show, and I hope you take the opportunity to rate and review. You can rate on Spotify now, so that's pretty cool. Yes, um, give us those stars. Give us those stars and switch to... You know what, man? Spotify is an evil corporation because of Joe Rogan. I should I support Apple or Amazon instead, guys? Which one do you think? Amazon. You don't even have a Spotify. Like <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I know. That why you? A, why you? That was a tweet I just stole. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, no, but for real, you should rate us on Spotify or Apple or whatever you use, and tell a friend. And and I think we're done. We're done. All right, we're done. My name is Jake Wilkinson. My name is Drew Wade. My name is Glenn Cathy. And uh, this is our podcast, and we're done.